Welcome, welcome to yet another edition of Fixin' to Talk Sports. I am your host, Ryan Brown, and today I am joined by none other than Mike Ayula and Anthony Squid Gabriella to talk some hoops. Fellas, how we doing? Doing great, doing great. Ryan, we are fantastic. Happy to be here tonight. Thank you for having us. Of course, of course. We've got a lot to get into here with the Celtics season wrapping up today, or at least the regular season, uh, to say for the least. Uh, we've got uh, where do we where do we want to begin with the Celtics? I mean, a thirty-six and thirty-six season gives good for seventh place in the East, which means they are going to be in the play-in tournament. Kind of would not would not have uh, bet on that if we were thinking about that uh, in the preseason for sure. Um, so that means they are set to play the eight seed in the play-in tournament. That would be the Washington Wizards. If they win, they'll be the seven seed, and they'll most likely play Brooklyn. If they lose, uh, then they will get a second chance, and they will play the winner of Charlotte and Indiana. And for the eight seed. Uh, so before we get into really specifics, let's just start in general. Fellas, how, how are you feeling about the, the Celtics season? I, I, I know we'll get into specifics, but first thoughts when you kind of look back on the season that was, or at least the regular season that was for the Boston Celtics squid. I'll start with you. Yeah. You know, um, if, if you watch some of those early regular season games, you kind of, I guess we kind of saw it coming a little bit with just some uh, bad game letdowns. Uh, and we just thought, oh, maybe there's not, you know, they didn't have it tonight. The team just kind of looked, but no, it was a consistent trend throughout the year. We thought they would eventually turn it around and reality has set in and we are in the playing tournament. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, there's a lot of, a lot of things we could say, this is why we're in the playing tournament, but really, I mean, one, there was obviously a lot of COVID stuff. I'm not going to make excuses for them because they did not perform. But uh, two, I, I really do think the roster just wasn't there. There was not – I mean, when when you have to play Grant Williams and Semi Ojale big minutes all year, you're probably not a contender. So that's just like, – I mean, the extent of what happened, and it's kind of unfortunate and sad as a Celtics fan. It's a gloomy time when you have two pretty much – one superstar and one close to superstar on your team you expect to be – you know, towards the top of the conference and we were not even close. So a little frustrating. Now, Mike, before I let you get going, Squid, you did say the last time that we talked Celtics that if the Celtics made the playing tournament, you would, what was it, become a soccer fan? You, you would get into MLS? Is, is, that, the, is that the correct uh, paraphrase there? Yeah, you know, I, I might need to go uh, move out to L.A. and be a Galaxy <laughs> fan from now on. Oh, man, it's 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 sad. It's sad. But yeah, I did say that. I did say that. And and I, I guess I was pretty confident they wouldn't be because they started. They, they looked like they were rounding into form after the Fournier trade. And then just we didn't have one game where every single one of our top four players was healthy. And that's just unbelievable. Yeah. Mike, what are your thoughts on the Celtics regular season? Um, before I say anything, I'm a bit of a soccer guy, so Squid, I can help out with uh, with that with that tough bet there. Um, Beautiful. In a word, the, <laughs> in a word, the Boston Celtics were a disappointment. Um, you know, the, three out of the last four years, the team went to the conference finals. Uh, you know, and ever since that that conference finals last year, they've just been a giant letdown. They lost to a Heat team that did not have the same top end talent as them. Um, they were probably a deeper team much better run by Spolster, but not nearly the same top end talent. Um, and, and like Squid said, every time it felt like they were turning a corner, they couldn't turn the corner. Health was a major factor the entire year. Uh, for this team to finish 500 is just, it's not good enough. Um, when you have two guys and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are, you know, 24 and 23 years old, uh, future top 10 players in the league, if Tatum isn't there already, you know, you need more out of that group, especially in a weak conference. There's no excuse for them to be behind the Atlanta Hawks. That that That's pathetic. Like, the Hawks are a decent team, but they're not the Boston Celtics. Um, and with everything they've had these these last few years, it, it, it's just pathetic what, I, what I've seen on the floor this year. 
Yeah, and I mean, you didn't even name some of the other teams that are in front of them. I mean, the New York Knicks, as good as they've been, they don't have the top-end talent. They don't have the roster that the, even the Boston Celtics have. Uh, the Miami Heat, as good as they were last year, that improbable NBA Finals run, they struggled just as much as the Celtics. Obviously, they were able to get it going down the stretch a little bit more than the Celtics, but they just weren't able – the Celtics just weren't able to put things – get together they had that one six game win streak that squid mentioned where we started to get our hopes up and now and then it just came turned right back around to mediocrity being back and forth couldn't couldn't string wins together success consecutively and just yeah i a hundred percent agree with that that assessment disappointment is honestly might even be an understatement given the kind of top end town that you have in a Jason Tatum and a Jalen Brown and the supporting cast of Kemba Walker, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams, the list goes on. I do want to mention that it's not going to be easy for the Celtics and we'll get about, we'll talk about their chances in the play in tournament in a little bit, but Jalen Brown will not be with them for that run. He is set to miss the rest of the season with a torn ligament in his left wrist, which is expected to sideline him for three to six months, which means any hope of him playing in the Olympics, if he were think considering it, that's out the door. And any hopes of helping the Celtics try and make a, a deep postseason run, gone. So, Mike, I'll start with you. What are, you, what are your thoughts now that J- Jalen Brown's out of the mix for the rest of the, for the, rest of the season? Um, I guess the glass half full version is Jalen Brown now has to take a rest. He's kind of been going since the Team USA stuff last summer. Um, I don't know if that was the summer before, but based on the way they played last year, how deep of a run they had, he's been playing a lot of basketball and he's been really worn down. And this is going to force him to take a step back. Uh, this season was kind of a lost year anyway, so he'll be very fresh for next season. Get a nice rest. Um, but without him, uh, the reality is the Celtics ceiling is capped. I mean, there's this first round fodder for either Brooklyn or Philly, assuming that they don't lose three straight games on the playing tournament. Um, They are, they're burnt toast. Like if they beat Washington on Tuesday night, Brooklyn's going to put them in the blender and mix them up real quick. This is going to be over in four. They don't have the requisite talent to compete. Tatum, Every time he's played Brooklyn, Durant's locked him up and, and given him 30. It's he he's he's a great player, but he's not on Durant's level. There there are levels to this league, and he is still a step beneath a guy like Kevin Durant, not to mention James Harden and Kyrie Irving sitting there waiting for the Boston Celtics. Kyrie with the revenge tournament. Everybody knows he's gonna take this personally. He's gonna come at Boston. Kemba's looked better, but he's he's such a liability defensively, and that knee is a ticking time bomb. And I mean, you know, mouthing off sports. Father DS will always try to defend him, but he's wasted $30 million at this point. So uh, I I don't like the Celtics odds at this point, but you could say that about any team that loses their second best player. Your ceiling gets capped uh, tremendously in the NBA when that happens. Squid, care to elaborate? Oh, man, if I had a crystal ball and looked in the future from about three, two, two, three years ago, and this was our reality, man, that would just be dark, dark times looking forward. Um, Yeah, Mike, like Mike said, I think everything Mike said just, I mean, it was very accurate, but also super depressing. Um, It was a, obviously a tough, t- tough injury to have Jalen go down like that. Anytime you hear the word uh, tear, it's not good. Uh, and a t- torn ligament, the same injury Romeo Langford had s- sat him out for about six months, so... Uh, Jalen's going to be gone for a while. And like Mike said, that's huge. That, that's that's kind of huge that he's going to get this rest looking from glass half full. Um, and honestly, the Celtics get, I, I don't think the Celtics should be, I mean, I'll save my predictions to, to later, but. Uh, and I, I appreciate I mean, I, you for that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and I, and I don't think, um, man, uh, the Celtics need a rest. The, the, Jason Tatum needs a rest. Jalen Brown needs a rest. They've been playing nonstop basketball besides like the COVID COVID break, which they weren't even with the team then. So they weren't like keeping like training or anything like, which probably wasn't great. Uh, but yeah, you know, the Celtics two stars, Jalen, Jason's probably going to play on the world cup team, but not the world, yeah, not the world cup, the Olympics team, but J- uh, yeah, Jalen needs that rest. And yeah, the Celtics might get, might beat Washington and, you know, play 
play the Nets, but at the same time, that's not going to be great, like Mike said. However, I'm excited to see Jason Tatum take on three superstars and just see. I mean, obviously, they're not, they wouldn't win if that, in that scenario, but it would be fun to see Jason try to do that and just up his game a little bit and try to be learn to be more of a leader, quote unquote, that people want to see from him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that you guys are taking the glass half full approach because I would tend to take the glass half empty approach, which is this season is was already a crapshoot and now it is burnt toast and your hopes of doing anything in the playoffs are gone. So that I, I'm I'm happy you guys were able to look at the net positives. Uh, moving on. Uh, we do need to address the net negatives, and that is who or what is to blame for the Celtics' disappointing season. Obviously, as I mentioned at the start, they had rather high expectations. I wouldn't say it was finals or bust, but when you, like Mike said, when you make the conference finals three of the past four years, there's an expectation that not only are you going to make it to the playoffs, not only are you going to give yourself a good playoff seating, but you are going to do well and advance far and give yourself, be one of those last teams remaining fighting for the NBA championship. And that is certainly not where we're at at this point. So Squid, I will let you start. What's at the top of your list of reasons to blame? I mean, I'm going to start right at the top, and that is uh, the front office. That is Danny Ainge. Um, to me, it's also Wick, uh, Wick Grossbeck, the owner. Um, those two are pretty. Those two are pretty in line and have a great relationship with each other. Obviously, Mike Zarin as well. I'm not going to leave him out of there. He's another guy that makes a big decision maker for the Celtics. Um, I mean, that three-headed monster of decision makers. They they need to be better. Um, they they were they were putting on a GM clinic from the years of like pretty much 2000, like the end of the Big Three era all the way until the drafted Jason Tatum. It was a, it was a GM clinic. And then somehow it just fell off a cliff, you know, obviously losing a lot of the players that they did some okay draft picks. And then some, in my opinion, some terrible draft picks like Grant Williams and, you know, Carson Edwards and Romeo Langford when Matisse Thibault was sitting there waiting for us. Um, yeah. Just some bad, bad decisions. Then giving Kemba Walker all the, like a, basically a blank check, and not really probably they probably didn't even do it i mean they, they obviously legally have to do a physical on him but i'd like to know how much they actually looked into how how kemba's body was doing at the time because charlotte knew he was banged up they did they said they're not going to give kemba a max contract for good reasons so you know i don't think i don't think they did their due diligence with that i don't think they i mean they they, they stopped being good gms i mean running a good team for a couple of years here i mean they've had some good draft picks here and there with pritchard and robert williams but I mean, it, it's frustrating. That's where the bulk of the blame goes for me. I will, I will say, I'm not going to put no blame on Brad or the players. Brad, I mean, Brad's overperformed as a coach most of the years this year, and there's two years where he hasn't, which is obviously this year and the final Kyrie year. So, Brad, I mean, needs he he needs his voice to be heard again. He he needs the players to listen to them, and that if, whether you know that's calling them out in the media and holding them accountable, maybe he needs to do that because you know that's what Greg Popovich used to do with his team back in the day he used to he used to hold timmy duncan and uh Ginobili and parker accountable and it got through to the players and maybe brad needs to start start trying some different tactics and then the players themselves i i know Jalen and jason are young they're 23 and 24 like mike mentioned um so obviously it's hard to like tr- try to blame all them but they they're they're the best players in the team they need to just turn into leaders and them becoming leaders requires you know making it through tough times like this and coming out on top of the mountain not the bottom like we are right now so Figuring that out, um, Kemba obviously not being healthy, and in my opinion, personally, Marcus Smart just trying to also be the captain of the team and taking just stupid shots throughout. Like I think every time I think of the season, the one, like, just kind of in a in a in a vortex. That one thing that M- Marcus Smart did was throwing up that half court shot off the jump ball. That that's what the season is represented to, to me as. It was just a boneheaded play. It was a boneheaded season. Mike. What, what would you say is your most disappointing reason? And if Squid already gave it, just elaborate on some of the reasons that you have for why the Celtics have just been a disappointment. Yeah. Squid has covered a lot, a lot of the reasons that this season has been a disappointment. And it's a long, long list. Um, <clears throat> and he went in depth on a lot. So I'm going to give you two, two different ones. The first one is the injury bug slash COVID. Um, Squid pointed out earlier, they were really never all healthy or right at the same time this year. Um, every time one guy got healthy, somebody else was, was out. Kemba took forever to come back. Tatum got COVID. Brown 
you know, hurt his knee and then his wrist. Smart missed a bunch of time with an injury. They were never all together at the same time. Fournier even, I think he got COVID when he got here. Like, it, it was just a disaster. Like, every time you looked up, somebody else was on the injury list. Romeo Langford, I'm pretty sure they were trying to cover up his death until they resurrected his body <laughs> and, like, figured out how to pull that off. So, I mean, you know, um, also, like, the rookie, like, Neesmith just wasn't ready. I, I think he's, he's going to be fine, but, like, he, he wasn't ready until the middle of the season. The other thing I would say is not so much as coaching, but Brad's managerial skills with this roster. He kept giving and giving. It wasn't a great roster, but it felt like he he didn't know how to manage the guys. Like he Tatum's coming off of COVID and he's playing him 38 minutes a night. I had COVID. You, I my lungs were have, are still shot to crap because of the thing. And Tatum's out there playing 38 minutes a night at the highest level of basketball. How how do you do that? Like, no wonder the guy looked like crap for a month because he couldn't breathe on the damn court and you're playing him that much. Like, you, you can't do that. He's giving Grant Williams 25 minutes one night. The next night, Shemi Ojale is getting, like, 30 minutes. Like, those are not guys who should be getting more than five to ten minutes a night, maybe 15 if you're really desperate and you have a couple of injuries. Those are ninth or tenth men who are playing big-time minutes, and, like, that plays a role on your team. He didn't play Rob Williams enough when he came back. And, yes, I know Rob was hurt, but he was also your best big man the entire year that he was healthy and he refused to start him. And then the second he started him, the Celtics won like five games in a row. He, he didn't know how to manage the roster accordingly. It was like, because of everything that happened, he couldn't figure out where all the puzzle pieces fit together. And yes, it is difficult, but that's your job as an NBA coach. He's not a young guy anymore. He's been doing this for eight years. You have to do a better job of piecing the puzzle together. If you're Brad Stevens. Yeah. I, on that last point, I a hundred percent agree. Myself and Squid have talked about that in the past, and it shouldn't take you half a season to figure out and determine what everyone's role on the team should be. You should have that pretty much outlined within the first couple of weeks, if not month or two of the season. And you saw by like even the all-star break, even getting into that second half, Brad was still doing a lot of tinkering with the lineups, trying to see what, what, what stuck on the wall and what didn't. And that just, that just can't happen. And I know that injuries caused him to force his hand and were a big part of why he was doing that. But at some point you have to know, okay, this person, this player is, this is what he's best at. This is what he, he's on the floor for and, and try and figure out the combinations that way. And he just wasn't able to this year. So for me, the big one for why they had such a bad season, obviously the health issues. That led to, I mean, <laughs> when you're optimal starting five of Kemba, Smart, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Robert Williams, played 10 games together all season in a 72-game season. 10 games together. I mean, there, there's really not a whole lot you can do, unfortunately. There's, they've all played together in the past, but they had no chance to get uh, any sort of chemistry and, and, and flow going this year together. It just was impossible to do with all the, the injuries that Mike listed. And because of that, that led to lineup decisions that were highly questionable. And I, just being, and because it took, you had all these injuries, it forced people into roles and minutes that they shouldn't have had. And then you're trying to figure out who can handle it, who can't. And it just was a mess. Let's just face it. It was a mess all around. And I, I also agree with what Squid said. Danny Ainge can't be left off the hook either. I mean, we, the Celtics were still in striking distance for getting a top four seed around the trade deadline, even though they're hanging around sort of five, six, seven. And what did he do at the trade deadline? All he did was trade for two, uh, trade two second rounders for Evan Fournier, which is nothing. That's the bare minimum. And then he sent Tice to Chicago for Cornette and Mo Wagner and then dumped Wagner for Jabari Parker. Let's, I'm sorry. He did the bare minimum. He didn't hit on any blockbuster. And I'm not saying that he should have or that he could have. But when you've had the amount of draft picks, first round draft picks that he has had in his back pocket for the last couple of years and all, and you draft all of, use all of them and select people and you're basically 50 50 on whether they pan out to be like a rotation piece or not. That 
that's unacceptable. So I, I totally agree on all the points that you guys in, have stated. In hindsight, he should have traded for Aaron Gordon. Like that, that would have been huge. They they might still have like at least a puncher's chance in one of these first round series. If he makes a move like that, Gordon would have had a huge role with Brown going out. Instead, he's just like a freaking complimentary piece for the Denver Nuggets now. What meanwhile, you know, I'm super excited to see God I, Grant Williams get 25 minutes a night against the Brooklyn Nets. Grant Curry, I, I, excuse me, that's what I should be calling him since he's like 43% from three somehow. I, I, I makes no sense. Garbage time. It's garbage it's, time threes. It's, it's, it's impeccable. <laughs> I don't understand how his three point percentage is that high, but like you're a hundred percent right, Ryan. Danny could have done way more than he did. Like he, he I don't understand what his, it's like, if I can't place you, I'm not going to make a deal with you. And like, sorry, I don't, I don't like, and not to mention, I just, you, you make a great point because the like Jalen Brown might not be injured right now. If Danny had one out and got another def- big defensive wing. So Jalen and Jason could play less minutes. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, Jalen does fall every time he takes a layup, but like if he was playing 33 minutes a game instead of 37, he'd probably wouldn't be injured right now. That's just as crazy as it sounds. It's probably true. Yep. 100%. Yeah. So I guess that kind of leads us to what could be next year. So the, the question I'm going to pose to you both is, can the Celtics expect to compete for a title next year, assuming they bring back everyone from this year? Mike, you can lead us off. So this is a difficult question because the answer is no, but it's not all on them, given, like Squid said, the roster's doo-doo. Um, like outside of the starting five, it's a terrible. It's one of the worst benches in the NBA. Unless Neesmith makes a massive leap, it, that bench is dog water. They have no quality backup bigs. Pritchard's fine as a backup point guard, but he's really it. Um, like just too many. They have to pay big money to bring Fournier back to to provide them with something, but then they have no money for a backup big man because Thompson's up, and then Taco Fall would basically have to take on huge minutes as a backup big and. I don't know that he can do that in this league. He's great for the memes, great guy, but I, I don't know that he's actually an NBA player. Um, but the reason they can't compete for a title next year is because LeBron James and Kevin Durant exist. And Jason Tatum's not getting to that level next year. He he might in a, in a few years. He's probably about three years away from getting to that Carmelo Anthony in his prime level where he's just a walking bucket every single night and there's nothing you can do to stop him. And he might even actually end up being a better player than Melo all around because Melo was never – as good defensively or as smart defensively as Tatum. Um, so he could be somewhere between Mello and Kawhi at his peak, but like, like they don't have a LeBron, a Durant, Curry, even Kawhi. Like they, they don't have that guy. Like it, even if they bring everyone back and make major upgrades to the bench, if they run into Brooklyn in the playoffs with Brooklyn's core as it currently stands, Brooklyn could take those three guys and they could take nine guys from the Houston Cougars like final four team this year. And they would run everyone out of the damn gym because all they'd have to do is leave two of those guys on the floor at the same time with any three players. And there's nothing you can do. Like they have three of the best perimeter players that you will ever see pick up a basketball. Harden is maybe the smartest passer we've ever seen. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, none of us were born before 95, so we didn't get to see, Magic and or John Stockton, anything like that outside of highlights. Like Harden is incredible. Kyrie is probably the best ball handler in the entire NBA. He can get to any spot he wants and make any difficult shot he wants. And they're not even the best players on their own damn team. That that that's Kevin Durant. And then God forbid they get through that team. LeBron's waiting for you on the other side. Like the guy's been there 10 times and he's done it. And he has shown no signs of slowing down. Plus, they have Anthony Davis, who's a walking monster and probably the best complimentary piece in the entire NBA. No matter what they do, this team's ceiling is capped at the conference finals. They, they would need to do something drastic or have some miracle of God happen to get to be a finals team. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I don't think the Celtics, you know, as his roster is currently constructed, absolutely not. I'm going to give you some names, and I'm going to tell you what needs to happen to them after uh, after these names. Um, Carson Edwards, Taco Fall, Romeo Langford, Luke Cornett, Semi Ojale, Jabari Parker, 
<sighs> Marcus Smart, Tristan Thompson, Tremont Waters, Grant Williams. They all need to go. And no, I, not my boy Jabari Parker. He's they, so I'm, good off the bench, 11 and 5. I'm, I'm sorry. They all need to go. They all need to go. Every single one of them. Um, it's just, I'm not trying to be over dramatic, but like, not like they are raw. You can't have eight players who are super young that can't play. Like, you, you, you have to go eight deep to be a championship team. And, you know, I think personally, this is my opinion. I think Danny is going to be is GMing for his job this summer because we're it's the Boston Celtics. They, they, they're it's a team that demands demands winning. It's not it's you know we're not the Minnesota Timberwolves where you can get by for a while not being competitive. It's the Boston Celtics. You need to be competing for championships or you're gone. I mean, the Celtics have done it in the past, and nothing about the history tells me they're going to let Danny skate by with first round exits in the next three years with two two stars in there starting to get into their prime. Um, I will say, um, the, the, like right now, like Mike mentioned, you know, KD is around, James Harden is around, Kyrie is around, um, Jimmy Butler is around. Like there's some, there's some older guys in the Eastern conference. I mean, I'll even say Joel Embiid, cause I don't think his body's going to last super long. Um, there's some guys right now that it, this is their time and the Celtics are still a little bit young. It's weird to say, cause they've been in the conference finals the last few years, but mm-hmm. they're still a little bit young right now. And, you know, once those guys kind of start exiting and start, you know, hitting the downslope a little bit, that's when Tatum and Brown's time to shine will be. Uh, I think the only way the Celtics are getting to getting to the finals next year is by, by some serious ro- roster over- overhaul and adding some guys that are pretty much, I mean, what I think they're missing is grit and grind, guys. Like they, they need, they need to pull from the Memphis Grizzlies school of grit and grind and find some of those, just some dogs, some guys that will, will if, if like if Jalen and Jason are getting pushed around, they're great, they're very nice guys, they're nice dudes, and they're just gonna take it. This, the the league knows it's the reputation now. The league knows you can push Jason and Jalen around. They're not tough guys. They're kind of finesse players. The Celtics need to go get some guys. That are gonna be that are gonna go get in someone's face if they're if they're pushing Jalen and Jason around. No, not to mess with the Boston Celtics because you know they have a I, I don't know specific names, but you know they have a PJ Tucker or they have a I don't know whatever a James you know kind of like they do with Udonis. It's, it's weird down in Miami. Udonis has some type of player where they have a guy that's gonna get into them and tell the superstars, hey, Jason Jalen, you've done you haven't won anything yet. You've done nothing. You need to do this. Call them out when it's sometimes the thing that's things they don't want to hear. They have none of that in the Celtics right now. It's a culture issue. It's not a talent issue with their top players. The Celtics need a big roster overhaul and a, a culture overhaul, to be honest with you. If they want to be contenders next year, I'm not saying it's impossible because if they, you know, if they make five moves and it's amazing moves and I, and I see them back at the conference finals, an injury or two to the nets and all of a sudden maybe they're, they're there, but it's going to take a lot. You know how you answer that last part? You bring back Tony Allen and Kendrick Perkins. There you go. I've, I've fixed all the Celtics issues. I've done it all. There you go. Bring those two back. They'll get in everyone's faces. They'll laugh at you and they will tell you how it really is and how they really feel. And then maybe we'll get to see some actual sort of pushback from guys like Tatum and Brown. And Brown, Brown, if you don't mind real quick, I, I really do think that Tatum and Tatum and Brown, like they are, obviously we know they're good players, but, you what, what did you Kendrick Perkins called out Jason Tatum and the next night Jason Tatum came back and gave him 53 like players respond to that it's shown throughout history when did we become soft when did the Celtics become soft I don't know when that happened but like Tatum's floor is going to be de- I mean sorry Tatum's ceiling is going to be determined over these next couple of years of what he actually is is he you know is he a mellow where he can't get it done at the end of the day or is he you know kind of like Mike said or is he a Kawhi where he closes out these championships like he, we had to, it's yet to be seen, but I think Tatum can be a, you know, somewhat a Kawhi and a good enough player to be the best player on a title team, but it's going to take some reality checks from players who are not afraid to stand up to Jason and Jalen. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, uh, if, if we're talking about somebody who like one of those tough guy mentalities, I, I don't like the player personally. Um, they need a guy like Patrick Beverly on this team. Like he, the guy's a dog and he is not afraid to get in anybody's face and tell him exactly what he thinks. And if you're, if you're being soft, he's going to call you out for it. Um, I'm not saying him specifically, but him or like a Draymond type, like not, not even necessarily that good. Just somebody who's go, like, cause smart's a tough, hard nosed defender too, but he's not like those two. He doesn't, he only gets in your face. If you get in his face, he's more of a pest than like a, 
like a guy who would run his mouth a ton. They need a guy who's going to go out there and run run his damn mouth and make those guys play better. Play better. And yeah. and Smart is just way too good of friends with Jason and Jalen, where he like he doesn't really like challenge them as much as like you know if a Draymond or a Chris Paul. We just saw it with Chris Paul. Look at the Suns. They were. They, were, they weren't even in the playoffs, and Chris Paul goes there and tells Devin yep. Booker and DeAndre Ayton what's up, and now they're the two seeds. So it's like, yeah, you need a guy who's not really that close to them to come get in their face and challenge them and say, hey, you're not good enough right now. You're the leader on the team. You're the best player. Live up to it, or you're going to be a nothing. Yep. It, like Jimmy Butler showing up at the Timberwolves practice, taking the third stringers and running Cat and D'Lo out of the gym while he only took one shot. Like, like guys like that, just somebody who mentally is going to, has no feelings toward these guys, and is going to come in and rip them a new one and make them play harder. Mental strength. We have a team of betas right now, and we need an alpha in the room. We need an alpha. True that. Uh, for me personally, I do think that next year they will be able to compete with the likes of Philly, Brooklyn, and Milwaukee if they bring back everyone back. Uh, but, I mean, like, like you said, Mike, when the, you have a you're staring down a big three like the Nets have with three potential top five players. I mean, you can make the case that all three of them are in the top five. Uh, it, it might be fringe, but that's that's just unheard of. And that's a tall task to overcome. So I I think Squid is on to something when he says roster overhaul. I, I think at the at the least, you gotta look at the top. Yes, the bench was terrible, and but that's more of like a that's that's a little bit of an easier fix because you can trade around pieces, you can bring in, you can draft always draft in new guys, you can sign free agents, cut guys. But when you're talking about guys like Kemba Walker who are on max contracts and aren't living up to their contracts, whether it be because of injuries or just rust in or inconsistent play, then that's something that needs to be addressed, and that's a lot more difficult to do. I don't know how you do that with the contract that he has, but that's something that I think they should start with. And that's if make the determination is Kemba Walker really worth this money? If not, see what you can get for him. If it's not up to what you think he's worth, then yeah, I guess you have no choice but to ride it out with Kemba. But at that point, you're just hoping that you get and get more of the old Charlotte Kemba and less of the past, the Kemba from the past year or two, who's got a degenerate knee, can't play back to backs. And when he does play, he's all over the place. And that's not what you need from the supposed third guy of a big three. He's got to be a 20 plus point per game guy, especially when he's an undersized point guard who doesn't really offer much on defense. So you need him to be delivering on offense consistently night in and night out. Um, so I'd like to see them sort of address that. And I think that's the biggest thing that they need to look into going into next year. If they really want to have any chance to compete. Now let's talk about this year's chances. Obviously I think we're all pretty much on the same page here. So we can kind of keep this one short and sweet instead of beating the, the horse dead on this one. But with Jalen Brown out, does anyone think the Celtics have a chance of doing anything outside of advancing past the play in tournament? Do we think they can do any damage in the first round or potentially more squid? We'll start with you. Uh, if you want my, I mean, I, I feel, I feel bad saying this, but I think we're losing to Washington. Um, Russ and Bill have it going right now. And I don't know. I feel like Tatum's just so buddy buddy with Bill. I feel I, I'm. I think they're gonna go head to head, but I think we're gonna lose that game. Um, we're just playing awful basketball right now, and unless Kemba really does show up, like you're saying, they're in trouble. And you know, I know it's. I know they're saying Hayward might. It probably won't be back till after the playing. But if we if we lose that uh, game to Washington and we have to go play Charlotte, man, will it be ironic with Terry Rozier who couldn't get the minutes and. Hayward, the fifth option, coming back in here to the Garden on the on the parquet, just staring down the Celtics in a playing game. How ironic would that be? And I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked to see them lose it. And that would be, I mean, hey, guys in the lottery, give, give me that one point three percent chance of Kate Cunningham, <laughs> Mike. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie that that actually sounds like the best possible scenario is that they lose the next three games and actually get the 1.3 percent chance at Cade, because um, that that would be really nice. Or even Jalen Green or uh, 
Jonathan Kuminga or Evan Mobley, whoever the hell you want to give me. There's another guy too. Oh, Jalen Suggs. Yeah. Any of those five guys sounds great right about now. I'll take 1.3% chance to get any of them. You don't need the, you don't need the experience. You've been there. It's not going to be short and sweet, but it's going to be short. It's not going to be sweet. The answer is no, they don't have the chance. Um, I hope for the sake of basketball that the Wizards win on Tuesday night, because that means the Wizards play the Nets in the first round and it's Russ playing Harden and Katie. And that would be maybe the most electric first round matchup you could get. Um, and then the Celtics, I do think they would end up beating uh, the Hornets or Pacers and they would get to play Philly, which would also be kind of cool because the Celtics tend to get up for those games. And they didn't really, they didn't, they don't do it in the regular season, but in the playoffs just the past couple of years, they have gotten up to play Philly. So I'm actually kind of hoping that the Wizards win because I think they're the one team outside of maybe the Knicks who, if the Nets get them in the first round, they're not going to be able to just run through them. Um because Russ is going to show up and take that personally. He He's not going to let Durant and Harden go out there. He's going to try to remind them, like, you guys ditched me. This is what you have to deal with. And that guy is a maniac on the back. There is nobody, like, crazier on a basketball floor than Russell Westbrook when he takes something personally. His stat lines end up being, like, 35, 15, and 18 for, like, a series. Like, they, that's what he's going to do to the Brooklyn Nets. And he might not win but he's going to be a giant pain in their ass. And I, I, I want to see that, but sorry to go off on a tangent to, to answer your question. No, Celtics don't have a chance. Me personally, me personally, I think they should just lose out. I'm 100% on the tank out tank out of this playoff play in tournament. I want no part of it. Lose, lose to Washington, lose to Charlotte or Indiana and get the hell out and go to the lottery and take your chances there. But if they have to win a game, please do not win the first game. Please do not beat Washington and then have to get dragged through the mud by Brooklyn. What I need them to do, if they're going to win, is win the second game and then play Philly because then they actually might have a sliver of a chance because they freaking own Philly in the playoffs. And we've seen that in recent years realistically, they're not going to beat Philly in a best of seven either. They don't stand a chance against Brooklyn, and they don't stand much of a better chance against Philly. But if you're going to do one of the two, just beat, lose the first game at all costs, and then we'll go from there. So let's move on and talk about the, the playoffs. Let's make some predictions here. We'll start with the play-in tournaments for both the East and the West. So if you're not familiar, I will give you a quick summary of how the play-in tournament will work this year in the NBA. The seven seed and the eight seed will play each other. The winner gets the official seven seed. Then the nine seed and the 10 seed will play each other in an elimination game. The winner of that 9-10 matchup will then play the loser of the 7-8 matchup and the winner of that game will be the official 8 seed for that conference so in the east we will have our Boston Celtics playing the Washington Wizards as we mentioned in the 7-8 game and then Indiana and Charlotte playing in the 9-10 so Squid I will start with you which two teams out of those four We'll make it out of the East plan. Um, yeah, I think I think Washington ends up as a seven seed and Boston ends up as the eight seed, unfortunately. Um, and kind of like Mike touched upon earlier, I just I want nothing more than Washington to win win this seven eight game because we deserve this as sports fans. As just after being in a pandemic for this last basically two years, we or whatever, however long it's been, seems like ten years. We we deserve. Russell Westbrook taking on his two, his two previous teammates, uh, plus two-time teammate James Harden. We deserve nothing more than that. Absolutely nothing more than that because, man, we know Russell Westbrook's career has been written pretty much at this point. We don't think he's going to win a title, but you know, I think it could all be changed if he beat, if he went toe to toe somehow and beat uh, Durant and Harden. How freaking incredible would that be? I mean, it's going to be must must watch television either way. But who knows? Imagine that. How that would be that would just be as good as it gets. So I have Boston, uh, Boston being the eight seed, Washington seven seed. Mike. Yeah, I've got the same thing as Squid. I got Wizards as a seven, um, Celtics as the eight, and uh 
Yeah, I need Westbrook showing up with KD's burner tweets on a T-shirt in game one. I need him showing up in a stripper's outfit for Harden in game two. I need him showing up with like a, a flat earth shirt on in game three. I need him showing up with a, a picture of Kendall Jenner in game four to get inside Blake Griffin's head. Just like, I, I, I need that. That that would make that series so much fun. Like, I that that's must-watch TV. Um, yeah, oh, man. Like, that's... Oh, make God. it happen. I, 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 like, I'm, I don't think I'm ever, I'm ever going to... I don't think I will have ever rooted this hard against the Celtics and it has nothing to do with the tank. It has to do with, I want Washington, Brooklyn. Like I want that so badly as a basketball fan. And then unfortunately the tank's not going to work because I don't think the Pacers or Hornets are good enough to beat the Celtics twice in a row, even without Brown. Um, I think it's going to be the Hornets and I think that the Celtics will just take them out. Um, So, so I have the same thing as squid. Well, I'm pretty sure it's just a do or die game against the nine or ten seed. Am I wrong? No, it's do or die. Oh. I think. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah. So they just have to lose two games. Uh, I, uh-huh. We're in agreement. I also think that the Celtics will lose to Washington, so Washington will get the seven, and we'll get what we want. But I think they'll actually pull this tank off successfully. I think Charlotte will be the ones to beat Indiana. And then Boston South will then beat Boston North and we'll get the eight seed and we'll get what we want, which is nothing to do with this year's playoffs after the utter disappointment that we've had. Ugh. That just, that sounds too good to be true after this year. That just sounds too good to be true. Why yeah. would we get anything good? No. Well, I mean, that's fair. But what will realistically happen is we'll get what we want in terms of getting out of this play playing tournament, getting out of the playoffs in general. But then we'll get stuck with like the 14th pick. Danny won't do anything with it. And then we'll get another Romeo Langford or Grant Williams. And it'll be so much fun. It'll you be wanna, so much you, fun. You want to know what's really going to happen because of the way this year has gone and how painful it's been? You tell we're me. Gonna get, we're going to get the eight seed. We're going to have to play Philly and we're going to take them like six or seven and lose the series. And we're never going to hear the end of it from Philly fans. That's how this year ends. That is the perfect ending to this miserable season is we get beaten by, by Philly and we take them just deep enough that they get our hopes up again, but we still lose. And the Philly fans get to stomp on us again. And that's just the perfect miserable ending to this miserable season. I would never hear the end of it at work. One of my coworkers work is from Philly. And he, every, anytime the, they have a big win over like a jazz or a Suns or yeah. Brooklyn, they're like, Oh, oh Philly God. beat these guys. I'm just sitting there like, cool, dude. You're the at best. least, <laughs> at least we'll be able to say Jalen was out and like, and if we could take him six or seven and Jalen was out, we swept them without Simmons. So, I mean, hand up yeah. us. Yep. We'll say, and yeah. It takes, it takes Jalen not there for you guys to not get swept by us. Yeah, it'd be like, congratulations. Now you guys can actually drop the confetti and it means something. Either way, (laughs) either way, we have to go down to either Kyrie Irving or the 76ers and it's going to suck. So just please lose both games. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so let's let's talk about the West playing now. As it stands, the Lakers would be stuck playing in the play-in tournament and looking at the scores tonight that seems to be the case portland is handling their business they're up over 20 in the fourth quarter against the denver nuggets so they should be locking up that sixth seed which means the lakers will be the seven they will be playing the golden state warriors in the seven eight matchup which will leave memphis to play san antonio in the nine ten game so mike who do you like to advance out of the west plan so in the West, I like uh, Red Sox owner uh, LeBron James to take uh, the first playing game over the Golden State Warriors. Um, that's that that feels weird to say, um, especially after seeing a Yankees hat. Uh, I think that the Grizzlies will beat the Spurs. Um, I I don't understand how the Spurs are even in this. That their roster is pretty bad. Uh, and then Steph's going to take the Grizzlies out. I, I think it's going to line up the way it is right now. Hmm. Squid. Yeah, owner LeBron, baby. Yeah, he's he's gonna he's gonna win the seven eight game. Him and Davis will take care of business. Um, and LeBron will get a little bit more money and pay, pay some players in Boston. That's great. Uh, so just taking it back to full cup in Boston. Uh, yeah, no, I I think the Lakers win the seven eight, and then I think you know I'll just I'll just play it for fun because Mike picked the Grizzlies. I'll take the Spurs. Uh, Greg Popovich just using his old old man wisdom, figuring out how to win that game, and then they will get steamrolled by. Steph Curry, he goes for 55, and 
yeah, I have, I have Lakers and Golden State coming in as well. So I also have Golden State and the Lakers, but I think Steph Curry is on another level right now with LeBron slowly coming back after the injury. AD, not too far removed off an injury himself. I think Steph Curry is going to go nuclear in that 7-8 game, single-handedly takes down the defending champs to get the seven seed. Then Memphis beats San Antonio in the Braun and AD dispatch of Memphis. No. Oh, no. poor Utah. Yeah. And, and <laughs> yeah, the defending champs roll into the playoffs as the eight seed and the Jeez. Lakers get to play the best team record wise in the NBA being the Utah jazz and like Jeez. said squid, poor, poor Utah best record in the league. They get to defending champs in round one and they get bounced. Phoenix and me will be happy. Let me tell you. Now let's get into our in general. Now that we've, we've kind of set our field of 16s who we think is going to make it to the conference finals in both conferences. So Mike, I will start with you. Give me your conference finals matchup and who you think will win. All right. So out East, uh, it's pretty chalk. I've got Philly and Brooklyn. Um, Philly's side of the bracket, the way it lines up is chalk. Like, it's 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 a joke. Like, the Knicks are a tough, hard-nosed team, well-coached. They don't have the requisite talent to line up with Philly. Atlanta makes absolutely no sense to me. They're not this good. They are frauds, frauds, frauds. They're, they're, they're terrible. And we've already talked enough about the Celtics tonight. As for Brooklyn um, – they're going to get a real nice warm up with the Wizards. Uh, th- that should be really, really fun. I'm, I'm praying to God that happens, that I need that. Um, and then the, they've got the Milwaukee versus Miami. Um, that's an interesting little rematch. I think Milwaukee will, will pull that one out this time. But Giannis isn't going to be able to – Giannis can't beat all three of them by himself. Right? And he has more help this time, but not enough. And I've got Brooklyn over Philly in six games. Okay. Oh, and then I, I, yeah. For the East, yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of bullshit. Philadelphia is going to make a conference finals and be in our ears about it because that is that is a joke. I mean, the Knicks and the the Atlanta Hawks are freaking bitty ball teams. They do not belong anywhere in the second round. Uh, if there was a remotely healthy Celtics or heat team during the year they would not be they would both be knocked out in the first round but uh yeah philadelphia will get two two first round opponents in a row and and just walk their way to the conference finals pretty easily um and then obviously unless they play boston i think boston gives them six games uh but and then on the other side that is yeah brooklyn takes care of washington um in five or six games probably five games or a sweep i don't know either way they're taking care of them um Milwaukee, Miami, that's, you know, Miami's getting hot right now. They've won 10 out of 13. Jimmy Butler's doing his thing. He said, just get me to a playoff series. Udonis has him on the court yelling at people's faces. Uh, but Milwaukee's rolling this year. I think Mike's right. I think Milwaukee wins that one. And then we get a great matchup of Harden versus Giannis, who had their little feud last year where Harden said all Giannis can do is run and dunk. He's just big and dunk. That's all he can do. And then. And then, I mean, I guess Giannis kind of clapped back at Harden. So I would love to see those two go at it. I think Brooklyn probably, I mean, I want Milwaukee to make the finals, but I think Brooklyn wins that and then they sweep Philadelphia in uh, the conference finals. Sweep. There's no chance. There's no chance the Sixers are going to remotely compete with Brooklyn. Damn. I'm, I'm a little surprised that nobody, uh, when they brought up Miami-Milwaukee, didn't my didn't Miami beat Milwaukee last year? Do, am I am I misremembering you, things? You, you know, I, I I think I I said that this would be a rematch. Um, they beat them in five games. It was handy too. Giannis was banged up at the end, but yeah, yeah, it was ugly. Uh, but I just I don't want to discredit the Heat. I know it seems like last year's finals run was probably more of a fluke than than them arriving on the scene and whatnot, but. I, I would. I think that could be a, a six, even seven game series in the first round. It oh, could yeah. be a lot of fun. Um, but I, I, I kind of have to agree with you guys. Brooklyn and Philly are definitely in good positions to make some deep runs here. I think it ultimately will come down to Brooklyn and Philly. And yeah, 
give that make give me three for three. I'll make it three for three. Brooklyn over Philly. Well, I'll call it six games because I think I think Embiid and Simmons are good enough to to win a couple of home games. <laughs> now let's 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 look out west. West should be a lot of fun. A lot of competitive teams. The teams at the top of the standings are either kind of new to the scene or they're kind of known to be kind of playoff frauds. And the teams at the bottom are teams that have kind of made deep runs or coming off of championships. And the teams in the middle are teams that have either got injuries, the injury bug, or they've kind of got a fluky playoff history themselves. So there's a lot to, to look and be interested for in the West. Uh, but Squid, I will start with you. Who will be the last two teams remaining in the West and who will advance to the finals out of the West? Yeah, uh, I think whoever gets that seven seed is just going to pretty much roll to the roll to the conference finals. And I think it's going to be the Lakers um, there. I think they'll take care of Phoenix as weird as I mean, because it's a seven over two, but they'll I think they'll take care of the of the uh, Suns pretty easily. They're just not. I don't know. I just the Suns. They don't have the bigs aren't there. I mean, Aiton's good, but they're not, he's not ready to guard AD and Drummond in all series. Um, and then Portland, Denver, they have no chance at LA, uh, especially without Jamal Murray. I think Portland wins like, over Denver, but then Lakers take care of him pretty easily. And then, man, Luca against the Clippers again in the first round is just juicy. That is that is juicy, and I don't really. I don't know. That was the, that was the game where that was the series where Luca had that crazy step back. Uh, I think the Clippers. I, I just I like the Clippers a lot more with Rondo against a better judgment. Um, and I think the Clippers go back to, finally get to their conference finals and play the Lakers. Um, and like I said, against a better judgment because I I told myself after last year I will never believe in the Clippers again. I think the Clippers are going to the finals. Oh, okay. All right, all right, Mike. Who you got? That is, uh, that is a lot more faith than I have in the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> I got to tell you that right now. Um, so I have the Lakers lined up as a seven seed too. And like Squid said, I've got them over the Suns. Um, Suns are having the best year they've had in a long time, and they just are going to get a shit draw. Like that's it's really really unfortunate. I think the Lakers take them out in six games because um, the Suns are a competitive team. Paul's a great leader, but. It's it's just hard to deal with LeBron and AD for that long. It, it, you can only do so much to keep them down. Um, as for the 3-6, I do agree with Squid. I think Portland is going to take out Denver. Uh, Damian Lillard might be the best first-round player ever. That guy does not lose first-round series. Um, when you get deeper in, he starts to wear down a little bit in fatigue, but that guy goes psycho in the first round every single time. Um, I think they'll take out Denver, who's pretty banged up, like you said, without Jamal. And then the Lakers are going to hand Brooklyn their their tickets to Cabo. Um, or the Lakers are going to hand, not Brooklyn, um, excuse me, the Trailblazers, their tickets to Cabo uh, in about five games. Uh, Dame will get a nice early vacation. As for the other side, I think the Jazz are going to handle the Warriors pretty easily. I think they go out. The, the Jazz will take them out in about five games. Steph's great, but he does not have a ton of help. And the Jazz are probably the deepest team in the NBA, um, if we're being honest like that. That starting five plus bench is exceptionally good, and they are probably the best coach team in the NBA with Quinn Snyder at this point. He has done a fantastic job. Their ball movement reminds me of the like the mid two thousand Spurs at its peak. It's it's beautiful to watch. Um, they're always looking for the open guy, and they always seem to find open threes. The four five, I really like that Clippers Mavs matchup, but I think the Clippers do it in six again. Jazz Clippers. I think this is this is a moment that will change the entire structure of the NBA. I think the Jazz take the Clippers out in five games, and Kawhi packs his bags and leaves LA this offseason. I, I think it's to Boston. Thank <laughs> God, I wish. I think the Jazz are going to dismantle the Clippers. Um, Ty Lue is a fraud head coach. The Clippers traded away. You know, I like Rondo, but trading away a guy like Lou Williams, who was your automatic bench scorer for a guy who was good in the postseason, but isn't getting you buckets like that off the bench. And you got to go up against a team that can move the ball like that and does not really care who your best player is. That's going to be a problem for them. Um, and they didn't handle adversity well last year. They have a bunch of guys who can implode in that locker room pretty quickly and easily. And I think the Jazz are going to 
make them look really bad and make Kawhi really reconsider his plans. So I got Jazz Lakers in the conference finals. Um, I think it goes seven, and I think the Lakers get there just because the talent at the end of the day plays up in this league and ha- those two players are better than anybody the Jazz has. But the Jazz are good enough to take them seven games. I think a lot of people are disrespecting them because of their past playoff track record and the fact that they don't have the top-end talent. But they're right there. They've been there the whole year, and they're going to take the Lakers deep. If, if they can get there, they will take the Lakers deep. They won't win, but that should be probably the best series in the postseason. Hmm. I don't know what it is. I refuse to believe in the Jazz. I, I, I know they are that good. I just, for some reason, it's something about them that I just, like, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's they're a hard team to get into, and I, I find it hard to believe myself that I'm actually buying into the Utah Jazz. But what, I've watched them a few times this year, um, and there's something different. Like, they, they don't look like the Utah Jazz teams the past couple of years. Like, Jordan Clarkson's coming in, lighting it up every night. Joe Ingles is putting up good stat lines. Royce O'Neal's finding his role. They've been really healthy this year, and they've meshed really well together. Not a lot of teams have had the luck that they've had. That they, ball they flies had, around. It moves. It's like, like I was shocked when I was watching them. I'm like, oh my god, they are just moving that thing constantly. And the next thing you know, someone's open on the wing for a three, wide open. Um, and it's usually Royce O'Neal or Ingles who are just knockdown shooters. And they're doing all this. I think Mitchell's out right now too, isn't he? Or is he back? Yeah, he is. Yep. He'll be out okay. for like another couple of days. He'll be he'll be ready for the playoffs. Okay. So they'll that that even they'll be all right. They, they might take a maybe the Warriors will take them a little further than I thought, but I, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So in my scenario, I have it's a little different than your guys' because I have Golden State as the seven and LA Lakers as the eight, which means the Jazz draw the Lakers and the Suns draw the Warriors. So, <laughs> So I have the Lakers taking out the jazz and then that gives the Suns the opportunity to overcome Steph. So I give the Suns a chance to actually get going in the playoffs. Uh, I would have Portland taking out Denver and then I have the Clippers beating Dallas. Now that would, that would leave what the two, four, six and eight seeds. I mean, that would, that would be a wonky, wonky NBA sort of, first round with two two upsets in one side of the bracket in the conference um but i think ultimately it will come down to the lakers i'm sorry the clippers rather and the suns i think the lakers are going to choke and i i know that is that is a ballsy thing to say i know that's that's kind of ludicrous but i think if if we get lakers clippers ooh, i don't know I don't know. I th- that's the matchup the Clippers wanted last year. If they get it this year, I think Kawhi might take down LeBron. Don't quote me on that, though. Definitely don't quote me on that. <laughs> um, but I, if if that would have happened, I think that would also give Phoenix Portland. And I think Phoenix is just a, a smidge better than Portland. And I really think Chris Paul could get really close to getting the monkey off his back and getting to an NBA Finals. And so that would leave me with Phoenix – and the Clippers, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say Chris Paul finds a way to get to the NBA Finals. I think the Clip the Clippers get past the Lakers, but then they mess it up and they choke to the Suns of all teams in the conference finals. So give me the Suns in the NBA Finals against the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> so so not only are you betting against the guy who's been to ten finals. Mm-hmm. You're betting on the guy who's been to zero and he's been in the league the same amount of time. Yes, sir. That is correct. This is going to be a really interesting pod in a month when you're doing the <laughs> finals preview. And we're talking about how the Suns got like dismantled in, like the first <laughs> round. <laughs> well, knowing my luck, the Lakers will win the seven, eight game. They will play the Suns and they will demolish them in round one. So that's, I mean, that's that. I mean, if that were to happen, then yeah, you can just throw everything I just said out the door because it's completely irrelevant. But in my fantasy world, that's, that's what happens. Brownie. I I like that you're out of the box thinker and you know, (laughs) who knows that would be, that would be crazy, but who knows? Yeah. I I gotta say, I, I respect it. It's ballsier than anything I would have done. And, oh man, Clippers, Lakers. If that happens, I mean, Paul George, he called himself Playoff P. Eventually, Paul George has to do something, right? Because if he doesn't, Paul George has to know. If he doesn't get it done this playoffs, Kawhi is gone. 
And his career, his chance of ever winning anything is over if if he doesn't get done this year. So that's yeah. kind of the reason I'm like, Rondo's going to get into him. But, man, I don't know. Because who's going to want to team up with him? If he can't win one with Kawhi, then who's going to want to team up with him? Kawhi and a great supporting cast. Yeah, you're, you're teaming up with the, the one guy who took out both LeBron James and the Warriors dynasty. Two dynasties. Like, like he he killed two dynasties. Like he, you literally have the dynasty killer on your team. Like he, if that guy doesn't want to play with you, you're gonna go into Westbrook territory where no one wants to play with you. And that's, I mean, I, I, I will say, if the Lakers are healthy, I don't see anyone stopping them in the West. Uh, but it, the only reason I have the Clippers uh, uh, going to the finals is because is it, simply because of the Lakers' health issues they've had in the past few months. But, uh, yeah, that's that's I guess it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So now we've gotten it down to two teams. Let's go ahead and give our NBA finals predictions. So I'll start us off. I have Brooklyn and Phoenix in my NBA finals as much as Phoenix might be a, a long shot in uh, <clears throat> some people's estimation. Uh, if this matchup were to happen, Brooklyn would dispose of them in five. And I think that's being generous to, to Phoenix, giving them a game. No offense. So I have Brooklyn in five over the Phoenix Suns in the 2021 NBA Finals. Wow. Harden gets the – wow. Harden does it. Squid, go ahead. Um, yeah. I, 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 if, it's my, if my prediction comes, th- comes true and it is Brooklyn Clippers, I think Brooklyn takes care of the Clippers in, in six games. Six hard-fought games. The Clippers will make it a series, but can't get it done. Uh, I, however, disclaimer: I do want to see Lakers, Lakers, Clip, Lakers, Nets. That would be freaking incredible for ratings. And man, if LeBron could take take those three down, I think the. I mean, <laughs> that would be crazy. That that would be crazy if LeBron could take down the Nets. That would be nuts. Red Sox owner LeBron James takes down mega team and wins his <laughs> fifth finals. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that would be that would be something, and uh, that's what I think is going to happen. Um, I think the Los Angeles Lakers, and as a Celtics fan, it's weird because I don't hate the Lakers, and I'm I'm going to be rooting for them if that's the matchup because I cannot stand Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, I think the Lakers take the Nets out in seven games. We we're, we're going to get a game seven on Sunday night in Brooklyn. Jay Z courtside, packed crowd. No masks, fans shoulder to shoulder, <laughs> the entire world watching. And that will be the night LeBron James ends the GOAT debate for good. Because if he takes that team out, that's better than anything Jordan's ever done. Like, uh, he, he, he's going to show up that night and go lose his mind. Um, Harden's going to choke because he always chokes. Uh, Kyrie isn't going to hit the big shot. and Durant's going to have to try to carry by himself. And he's not going to be able to do it. I think that, that series goes the length. Um, but at the end of the day, the Lakers are going to come out and win back-to-back titles, and the Brooklyn collapse will begin. It's going to be the ultimate implosion if Brooklyn loses. Oh, it's going to be awesome. That's, that's going to be glorious. That, that's going to be like, like just just make that a reality show, like hard knocks the Brooklyn Nets offseason. Like, holy crap. Oh, if and, and honestly, if I'm – as a Celtics fan, it's it's kind of crazy to think about because – you know, last year I, I rooted for the for the Lakers to beat the Heat in the finals because the Heat just beat us and I was salty. Yeah. And uh, now, uh, if that happens, I'll be rooting for the, for the Lakers again to beat yeah. to beat Brooklyn just because I hate Kyrie oh, yeah. and Durant, I, which is kind of crazy to me because the idea of LeBron, who I as a child I hated him, I, I'm I'm more fond of him now. But also being yeah. a Celtics fan, hating the Lakers, like that sounds like I would never root yeah, for them. And here I find myself back to back years rooting for the Lakers because with LeBron. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. That's, <laughs> that's, that's coming from Celtics fans. Wow. Tough times in Boston when you have to, you know, <laughs> oh, geez. whether you want uh, a team within your own division that has assembled literally the infinity gauntlet of NBA superstars, or if you want to root for LeBron in a LA Lakers uniform, it's tough times, man. It's tough times. Brownie. Well, what, what? Can, can I can I just leave one last note of sadness? Yes, let's let's go into our final thoughts before we wrap here. Squid, go ahead. It is it is 2021. Uh, what year was it that Tatum dunked on LeBron in the uh, conference finals? Was that 2018. Yes. I'm just I want to prepare Celtics fans now. Uh, looking a couple years in the future, Jason Tatum dunking on LeBron in Game Seven of the conference finals. 
may have been the closest we ever see the Celtics team with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to the, to the NBA finals. And who knows, maybe Tatum leaves us in a couple of years, but no, there, there could be, a, there could be a really it? dark future. There could be a really dark future, which is not, it's not impossible. That is the closest. I mean, with all that hope we got Brooklyn, the Brooklyn's picks, Tatum Brown coming in, we're going to be a dynasty. And that, that rookie year, all the hype that, Oh, Tatum's next Kobe after that season. That was the closest he ever got in a Boston uniform. We already lost Kyrie Irving. He's he's a fake Duke boy, so I can get over that. You already wished ill will of Jabari Parker and want to send him packing. That's another Duke boy. Now you are telling me to prepare for the ultimate Duke boy, Jason Tatum, in a Boston Celtics jersey to leave. Man, I'll cry. He Tatum's my favorite player, probably. I mean, I I love that guy. I'll be so sad, but I'm just preparing everyone for a potential harsh reality. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's out there. And, you know, may be all downhill from that dunk he had over LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess final thoughts on the Celtics. Uh, like Squid said, nuke the roster. Everything around Tatum and Brown can go. I would even extend it to Kemba. You can find a way to ship his ass out of here. By all means, he and his Yankees hat can go the hell away. <laughs> um, as for the NBA playoffs, just please be entertaining. Please, please don't be painful. Like if the Celtics, if the Celtics lose these next two games, it's a mercy. Like that is, that is merciful. We don't have to watch them get clobbered in the first round. Um, it would be an embarrassment for like two days. People would forget about it after that. It would, it would just be the perfect capstone to their season. Uh, so either way, let's hope for an entertaining first round and the basketball gods are good to us. We're going to get Westbrook versus Brooklyn and that, that duo that ditched him. We're going to get a hell of a game Tuesday night with the Lakers and the Warriors. And hopefully stuff goes off and keeps that interesting. Uh, we're going to get some spicy first round matchups with the rematch of Clippers Mavs in the first round as well. Uh, and the Suns possibly playing either Steph or LeBron um, being led by CP three this year. At the end of the day, Please be Lakers Nets because God, that would be an entertaining seven game stretch like that. That's what we need. That's what we deserve after the pandemic. Couldn't have said it much better myself, fellas. So on that note, I think we'll wrap this up. So for Mike Ayula and Squid, I am Ryan Brown, and we will see you next time. Thank you.